What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am here with the JM Lips Fitness. Wow, that's kind of cool. That's uh, it kind of threw me for a, for a loop the first time I saw the JM Lips uh, Instagram change. Like people are always like, "Oh, is married life different?" And we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that. P.S. By the way, I have my wife here with me, Jenna. If you didn't know who that is, um, and yeah, that was the first time it really did feel different. When I I don't know why it's a stupid like such a millennial. 2023 sort of thing to say that like it hit me when your Instagram handle changed but like I guess that was the first time I saw it like in writing and so anyway small tangent there how are you doing good morning how's your latte that I I made us some fancy lattes for this how's it going Jordan's been on a roll with his new coffee machine so I'm I'm lucky that I get to try every new drink that you yeah, I'm not that good yet. They taste good. Then the yeah, next is like great. the next is like making like stupid latte art, which I don't know if I'm I'm not very artistic. I'm such a minimum effective dose person. Like once I get it to good enough, unless it's something I'm like really passionate about, I really just stop there. Like the, the espresso is really good. The lattes are really good. But like I don't know if I have it in me to be like, oh, look, look, this is a flower or a butterfly in the like why waste your time making it look good if That's you're just gonna drink it yeah but it adds to the experience like I, I i i can appreciate the visual aspect of it for sure anyway what are we going to talk about today today we have i took some questions in the q a box we're going to talk we're going to start with a little bit of discussion about the honeymoon uh in africa we're going to talk through jenna's fitness goals uh we'll go through some relationship stuff some of you had questions on that and then we have some random kind of whatever just like things that were aside um some good questions that people asked that just didn't fall into those two categories. So people had asked things, and again, I'll, I'll paraphrase some of the questions. Um, essentially, what were our favorite parts of our honeymoon? We went to Kenya for two weeks. We got questions like, you know, what was our favorite part? How did we choose? Uh, and so let, let's start with how did we choose? I'll throw it to you. How did we choose going to Kenya for our honeymoon? I think, yeah, I think that is something that we've talked about even before we were engaged. Like when that time came, where would we go? And you and I are not someone who want us, wants to sit on a beach and, you know, waste away the day just I mean, watching the, the waves that, That's nice sometimes, you know, that's like, that's what you could, you would have more fun doing that than me. We both probably would have a limit in how many days we could do that though, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But we wanted to do something big, like huge adventure, something that we would probably never do again, although... I think after that trip now, you and I are kind of eager to go back. Um, So, I mean, of course, a big Europe trip is something that we considered, but we could always do that again. Um, So we wanted to look kind of beyond that. And Africa was something that we started to explore. And I'm somebody who is obsessed with animals. And I think, you know, that's something that you've picked up for me over the years now. And that just seemed like a perfect fit for us. So we started to explore that option. And I I mean, it turned out to be the best trip. Yeah, I feel like there's amazing trips. And then there's trips that like you almost need something like a honeymoon to give you the excuse to do. Like, not that your trip's not amazing. We wouldn't have our best time in Italy or whatever we wanted to do. If we wanted to go visit family in in the Netherlands, like whatever, like, amazing but there's probably like just a short list of trips in our eyes that were like hey like honeymoon is an excuse to finally push us to pull the trigger and it was like either i mean at least on my list it's it's things like going to patagonia going to chile going hiking and doing something outdoorsy 
honestly, like maybe Australia, like uh, I've never been Hawaii, like something that's just a smidge out of the, not norm. I don't want to make it seem like going to Europe and having an amazing two weeks is normal, but this was definitely like, if, if it wasn't our honeymoon, I don't know if we would have planned to do this otherwise. Uh, and so it was our honeymoon. I was like, all right, we're, this is an excuse to do something that will just pr- probably, there will be no other impetus strong enough to, to make us do like a honeymoon. So yeah, it, it was amazing. Um, I think we'll, yeah. What, what was your favorite part is like, and I don't want to begrudge people for asking it that way because obviously they don't need a 45 minute monologue about how great it was. But if you had to pick a, a top two highlights and I'll do a top two highlights and, and you, you know, you can start, you throw one out. I feel like it's even hard just to pick two. Um, there's something about watching or seeing firsthand these animals coexist. Like that just stands out so much to me. You know, you you drive up and you see giraffes and elephants and zebras and antelope and warthogs all grazing peacefully with one another. And, you know, it's, it's just, it takes your breath away. It truly, truly does. Um, that's definitely something that stand out, stood out to me. Um, Baby elephants have my heart. Um, I, I, my whole life, I never had a favorite animal because again, I'm somebody who loves all animals, but I think elephants after seeing them in their natural habitat, learning more about them, seeing the babies, they have become my favorite animal. And then I don't know. I feel like I could talk about things that really stood out to me all day. Um, I think visiting the Maasai tribe was very, very special as well. Um, they performed like a whole wedding ceremony for us. They showed us kind of their homes that they've built, the jewelry that they make, let us to get involved in traditional dance and song. And it was, it was very, very special. And that wasn't something that we, I didn't, I don't want to say that we didn't want to do, but it wasn't at the top of our priority list while we were there. And our guide kind of threw us into it. And I mean, I'm so, so glad that he did because it was truly so special. Yeah, I think, I think it was, I think it, I think it was on the top of, not on the top of my list, but it was something I really wanted to do before we went there. And so like, if you asked me what I was excited for, it was on the list. But when we got there, we had spent the first few days like going just out on game drives and seeing a ton of animals. And so by the time it came to be like, hey, do you guys want to go to the tribe for the day? And it was like a whole day, like not a whole day, but it was multi-hour event that like would obviously take away from us going to see animals. I was kind of like, ooh, I was like three days in. I was like super hyped seeing a ton of animals. And uh, I just think at that moment, I was I was I was like uh, not as high on it, but it was awesome. I mean, the Maasai Maasai tribe was awesome. Just still living a very simple life. And listen, not that we're like, you know, a lot of acknowledgement of privilege along the trip for sure. Uh, And definitely like after leaving that day, we were like, wow, like again, not to be all profound, but like they're just living a very simple lifestyle. And Jen and I were both talking about how they're probably, you know, we asked our guide who was in the Maasai tribe about like just general levels of happiness, like, and just like what what the, you know, they're living a very simplistic lifestyle. It's not hunter gatherer because there's no hunting in Kenya, but they're, you know, they, they raise cattle, they trade, they, don't really have any electricity. Um, they live in like huts made of like elephant poop and straw. And, you know, they go to school for sure. And certainly like some things that are becoming modernized. But yeah, there was a lot of like acknowledgement of, yeah, we had a lot of discussions on happiness, I think, because they were, they were and are able to be happy without a high level of material things, like finding, just living a more, you know, uh, an older lifestyle, let's just say a simpler lifestyle. And I thought that was super cool. I would say that the, our guides made the trip 
special. If I had to like kind of convey something to somebody who wants to go, um, I think the trip was, I would say expensive. Obviously, I think that we went above and beyond because it was our honeymoon. But something I did think that was very much worth the money was the guides. Um, the guides that were on our trip, and I know Jenna will concur, uh, were just out of this world. Uh, just from a knowledge base perspective of every bird, every bug, every obviously every big game animal, whatever, they knew everything, and and Jenna and I were very excited to learn, and we just wanted to ask a million questions, and they were they they were so excited, and these were people that they go out into the into the the preserve the the conservancy wherever we were national park every single day for like 10, 12 hours a day, and they're still excited about that, and the fact that they were excited about it, and they were like just they would stop the car and like pull out binoculars to look at like a dung beetle, like rolling his poop on the ground to like tell us a whole story about how that works. And then the male, like the male rolls the dung for the lady and then more, I'm going to butcher it basically, but he, this, the male dung beetle like rolls the dung into a ball so that uh, then the, they lay, you know, he impregnates the, the, his wife, whatever, his wife, whatever. Um, and then she lays eggs on the, on the dung and then the babies are born and then they eat that's what they eat when they're born. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they eat. They, they eat the poop. And they eat the poop, and then he dies. He dies. Yeah, and so he's like builds the house for his family, then procreates, then dies, so that the you know whatever. That's just like I don't, I'm not necessarily sure what what's going on, why he's dying, or what purpose that has. But that's like the life cycle, and we were just like amazed. Anyway, guides were amazing, and I just think that that's something that I would look back and be like, that's super, super worth the money to like have an amazing, amazing guides. I'm sure there are all, you know a lot of amazing guides, but I look back on that and I'm like. That really made the trip, and and I and I wouldn't give that up. Um, let's let's do just like a favorite animal. You said elephants. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of I kind of have to agree. Elephants were the best. Um, they're just the most. They were the, they felt the they were first of all just the way they look, just like super elegant, um, beautiful, obviously huge, fucking looks like a woolly mammoth basically, but also so smart and so family oriented and. Just a lot of things that in the moment you can relate them to being humans, like the way that they treat their young and the way that like the ants look after the babies, like if it's not, even if it's not their baby and that they mourn their ones that die and, you know, um, just just lead, led by a matriarch who's just a complete and utter badass and just like such, such amazing, amazing creatures. And I think it also, it's, it's biased by the fact that we got so close to them and we had such an intimate experience with them like on a daily basis like we saw a bunch of lions and cats too not a bunch but enough that I really enjoyed them too but every day we were like within arm's reach of packs of uh, herds of elephant I think that that changed it I mean that was like that was the best they were so close so many of them so intimate yeah definitely definitely that my big thing that I'll remember forever for sure anything else on Africa anything else you want to share I mean people want to know how we went about booking it or how we went about like what we did. Like, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, whatever. We both kind of worked with Dina as well. So, yeah, I mean, we could talk about Africa all day long. Like I never get tired of talking about our trip there and showing people pictures. Every time people ask how's Africa I immediately pull out my phone. Cause there's just so much that I want to share. Um, I mean, we could talk about it all day, but yeah, we, hired a woman who I guess she's a travel agent or she she owns her own company she does this all the time and she basically asked us what do we want to do in Africa and where do we want to go and what do we want to see and the only I mean everything we said animals 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 um so 
she obviously took what we wanted and created an entire itinerary um, and put it together for us. And it was the most seamless trip ever. Everything went according to plan. Um, it was just such a simple, easy process. It's less that you have to do on your end. Um, she books everything for you. So I know she only takes referrals um, because my brother and his fiance are using her for their honeymoon in September and they have had a couple of people ask oh who are you using and she says she only takes referrals so if you are planning a a big trip or you want information about our trip I'd be happy to pass her name and information along I'll 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 link it in I'll link her website in the description and if you want to name drop that you heard about name drop you heard about our trip and you're like hey sounded great totally do that she's wonderful again I honestly we've never used a travel agent so it could be literally just like people are familiar with that experience. You you were you were talking about how like seamless it was and maybe that's just like what a travel agent experience is like. Neither of us were familiar with that, but I agree with what you said. There was just nothing that went wrong, nothing that we had to like book and, and whatever. There's a beauty sometimes to planning your own trip, but there's also a beauty of like, uh, I'm going to Africa and I'm not really like 100% sure how this works and like what vaccines to get and like what things to pack and, and you know, best practices and best things to do. So it was really fun to have like a correspondent in that way for Sure. Uh, anything else? People are going to ask stuff like what it costs and stuff. It's just not super comfortable sharing that. I think I think I in my stories, I said it was like roughly 20K ish uh, or more. Uh, let's just say above that. Uh, but again, there were several ways that you could make it less expensive for sure. This was not weren't trying to go on a budget this time. I think it was our the last one of these that we'll probably do by ourselves maybe ever until post children sort of thing. Cool. Let's do a hard pivot here, and we're going to talk about your fitness and slash bulking goals. A lot of the questions that we got were kind of around bulking. And the first question is just, what are Jenna's current fitness goals? So what are your current fitness goals, JB? My whole life, well, not my whole life, um, the last couple of years, it has been a constant, I want to grow, I want bigger muscles, I want to be stronger in the gym. But now I feel like, although that's still my goal, um, our plans in the near future are changing as far as wanting to start a family and having had that blood work done prior to our wedding and our honeymoon. I think my primary goal right now is just to make sure that I am taking care of my body and and trying to be as healthy as possible. Um, That being said, I am obviously not cutting at all. Um, I'm probably even leaning into a surplus because I haven't tracked. I'm not really paying attention to what I'm eating, when I'm eating, how much I'm eating. I'm just kind of eating as I feel I want to throughout the day. And then just training really freaking hard in the gym. Um, Obviously, I've talked briefly on Instagram about discontinuing my birth control, which has been huge for me because this is something that I have been on for the last 12 to 13 years. I don't know my body's natural menstrual cycle at all. Like I'm literally starting from square one. And having had that blood work done, there's some things in that, you know, some results that I got back that I'm not happy with. And I'm curious to see now being off birth control, now kind of prioritizing, adding in some more supplements throughout the day, how that blood panel changes in the next couple of months when I go and have blood work done again. So that kind of covered a lot. I mean, primary goal right now is just making sure that I'm as healthy as possible. Um, like I said, incorporating more supplements, training hard in the gym, prioritizing protein is always, you know, high on my, my list of things that I need to do every day. Um, 
But again, not tracking, just kind of eating as I please and leaning into my, my sessions in the gym. Do you, do you feel you, we talked a little bit about this. Do you, you getting off birth control? First of all, birth control is a crazy mind fuck. Um, it's like boys have no correlate to that of like, we're going to just suppress your sex hormones for, you know, 15, 20 years of your life. Like, uh, so you don't have a period. Uh, and you've been feeling a little bit better. I don't think that it's fair to generalize how that process goes. I think everybody's, you know, everybody's body reacts differently. Everybody was on a different type of birth control for a different amount of time, um, had different symptoms to begin with and felt differently on it and will have a different experience coming off it. But do you, given that disclaimer that your experience isn't going to be everybody's, do you want to talk a little bit about just maybe what you had said the other day about like cognitively or emotionally, like how you've been feeling? Yeah, I talked about this in my story as well. I don't know why it took me so long to put two and two together, but it's almost like right when I started birth control and I went on birth control primarily for severe acne and really, really intense periods every month um, to the point where like I was staying home from school just about every month because my symptoms were so bad. But it's almost as if the second I started my birth control, I started to develop symptoms or, or started to develop depression and anxiety, something that I don't ever remember having prior to that. Um, that's when I first started seeing my first therapist. And all along, it's kind of been a um, very back and forth of like feeling really good and then not feeling good again and then feeling great and then being back in therapy. It's been a very, a very back and forth. Okay. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like that, that, I definitely just want to throw another, like you're not saying that, that this like caused that by itself. I mean, you went, you had a lot of things that went on in life that like, just if you just named them could, could throw somebody into a place into not a great headspace. And so I'm not, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like you were like, Oh, I just started taking birth control and I got depression. It was like, you had like other stuff going on that like you could, you and I have talked about a million times that makes total sense that somebody would, that, that would affect them or challenge them emotionally. Like you had a lot of things that just totally make sense. It's not even, I'm not, you, you're saying around that time there was maybe a combination of things, this being one of them. Um, and that maybe, you know, whatever, you're feeling a certainly a different way these days. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of things, you know, I, I identified for so long with my sport and there was a period of time where I went through injuries and just had some, you know, crappy experiences and went to college and played college soccer, got hurt, had to have surgery, had to hang up my cleats after that because I just never felt the same again. And there was obviously a lot of things also, like you said, you know, that can contribute to those feelings of depression or feelings of, you know, lows. Um, but I just feel like since stopping my birth control, like I am the way that I respond, like I'm not as reactive to things and I just feel so much calmer, happier. Like I almost feel like cool as a cucumber. Like there's things that happen every day or, you know, a couple times a week and I'm not, I don't react to them the way that I once did. And I'm not saying that birth control is, you know, the one and only thing that's contributing to that because I'm sure there's other things, but that, that stands out to me because, you know, I've, I've really struggled in the past with, with feelings of like just reacting to things, um, being in, in really low, low places. And now I just feel, I don't know, I can't even describe it. It's a feeling of just like, I feel lighter every day mentally. Uh, there's, there's nothing clouding over me. Yeah. And you asked if I had felt that just by being around you and, and 
Uh, I think if you preface that and you ask me get with, with the context, like if you asked me just open-ended, I don't know if I would have thought of that, but I guess there have been cir- certain circumstances so I, I, just to validate that I also kind of feel that a little bit, which is whatever. I'm happy for you that that has had a positive experience. And again, birth control is a crazy thing. It's not, I'm not saying crazy, like negative, like net negative, like it can be for some people, but it's just the nice that I'm, I'm happy for you. Like, I just think that, that, that isn't something I ever would want you to have, feel like you have to do for me. You know what I mean? Like the idea of like, oh, and I know you didn't originally just take it because as like a, um, um, just as a, oh my God, uh, contraception, contraception, contraceptive, whatever, blanking. You didn't just take it for that. I mean, you had, you'd, you were struggling with acne and you were struggling with some other stuff and that helped. I think that was the, the, the onset. No, that was kind of how that went. Um, and, and now just whatever being, we're married now, but in, in general, I was like, I, I will, I would never want you to have to bear the burden of contraception by yourself. You know what I mean? Like, this is something that's seriously happening to your body. Like just shouldn't have to be only on you. Like, uh, especially because we know that it is a serious thing. You're like, it's a serious thing. And I would never want you to have to bear that burden by yourself just as like a male female relationship here. Like, I just like feel like this should be not entirely on you to, to stop us from having children until we want to, let's say, or trying to have children until we want to. So yeah, I want to talk about uh, feeling comfy in your body when clothing isn't made for women of your shape or size. And I think that this, this happens like, not often, and it's not like you have a meltdown. We're not talking about that, but I think you and I've talked about it multiple times. You were like, fashion isn't made for, you know, she who has thick thighs, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. And that's something that you come up against sometimes when we want to go out and we dress, you know, want to dress up a little bit. And so how have you gone about saying, okay, like I'm not a stick figure physique and I've, I still want to have clothes that fit nice. Like what's your one, how do you deal with mentally it being a little bit harder in that regard, but also what, what do you do? What do you, where do you go? What, what sort of strategies you have? Yeah, this is a tricky one. This has been an issue for me since like high school. I've always had really, really big, strong athletic legs because I played soccer so competitively for so long, like five days out of the week, I was playing soccer. Um, so I always had bigger legs and I struggled to find, you know, back in high school, every girl is wearing jeans and all I wanted was to find a pair of jeans that fit me. And I really, really struggled. Um, and at some point you just start to realize like, Hey, your thighs are really big and you're, you know, an awesome soccer player and your legs are allowing you to be a good soccer player. I don't know. I just got to a point where I'm like, Hey, it's just not meant to be for me. Um, which is totally fine. Um, I also live a lifestyle where like, I'm not going out often where I need to find clothes that, you know, look nice to wear out to dinner or to go out with friends, like whatever. Um, my, most of my clothing is athletic wear because that is what I wear pretty much seven days a week. It's rare if I have to wear a pair of jeans, you know, of course there's, there's moments where like last night we went out with friends and you know, if you want to throw on or two nights ago, I wanted to throw on a pair of shorts and immediately realized this just is not for me. Like, although they fit, they're just, my thighs are hungry and they just swallow up my jean shorts. And I'm like, Hey, that's fine. There's other things that I can wear. Um, so it's, it's a matter of finding clothes that that you are comfortable in. Like if you're forcing yourself into clothes that aren't comfortable, you're going to be miserable the entire time. Like there's so many times where I'll put on a pair of jeans. I'm not comfortable. I'm immediately taking them off. And if that means wearing leggings 
That's totally yeah, fine Yeah, I don't too. understand. I'm, I'm on this like, uh, maybe it's just I live with you and, and you're the person who I see experience this the most, but just fucking normalize wearing wet leggings everywhere. It's so comfortable. I I want you to normalize it for men. 90% of the like the bottoms I wear are like Lululemon, like partially stretchy joggers. And I will buy them in every, like in every level of formal formality, let's say, all the way from like joggers that I work out in to like, things that look like jeans that are really joggers, things that look like dress pants, but are like really like partially elastic. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm personally over it. Like I'm personally like, I just want for women to just normalize, like wearing something that's comfortable and you feel good in. I just, first of all, women's fashion. I just, I just laugh. Like I have no clue how women do it. There's like 900 different kinds of clothes. Like men, it's like, I have pants or I have shorter pants. I have shirt or I have shorter shirt or I have short shirt that has no sleeves. And that's basically it. And it's just so much easier. And and yeah, we have a similar issue. I, I, I grew up also with slightly larger legs and jeans just like were never practical for me. And I never forget at the end of my first cut, I lost 30 pounds and I went from like 210 down to 179. And in that moment, at 179, I went to a place to buy jeans. I think I went to, I don't know, whatever, who cares? And I bought so many pairs of pants in that moment because I was so fucking excited that I could finally fit into pant jeans. Um, and I just crack up because like last year I went through all of them with you and I would just try them on one by one. I'm like, doesn't fit, doesn't fit, doesn't fit, doesn't fit. And I just like, it was more of like a laughing moment and we don't need to go so deep into this. This like, you know, fitting into old clothes or throwing out clothes. There's a, an episode with Buddy Your Macros. I think it's awesome. I would totally go listen to. But um, yeah, I guess I just want to normalize. I just want you. I always want for you. I'm like, just wear leggings. I know you're so comfortable in leggings. Like, can we... Can the, can the leggings industry out there like continue to like f- make more formal versions of that so you and and your like other like thick girl gang can like be comfortable in them like I just just want that for you I, I hate seeing it be like oh I have to squeeze myself into something that like I, I so I'll watch you online shop and it's just like I know what you're thinking where you're like oh this model just doesn't look like me like and I have, I have no idea how much how this is gonna look on me and I'm like that, I mean I just want you to be comfortable. I just want, not you, but all women. I just want us all to like be wearing stuff that we feel good in, like that we can move in. And we're not like, oh, I have to wear jean shorts and then have to stand up and pull them down every six seconds. And, and just, I don't know, just, just feeling, just feeling for you. That's all. Yeah. And I feel like I see, I see so many women on social media wearing jeans and wearing jean shorts. And I'm like, I want to love them so bad, but they're just not comfortable. And I'm not going to force myself into a pair of jeans or to wear jean shorts to have to constantly yank them down because my thighs are hungry and are swallowing them. It's just, it's not comfortable. And even when I do wear those things, the second Jordan and I get home, I immediately rip them off and immediately put on another pair of leggings. Like I have multiple drawers of leggings. I have my workout leggings. I have my lounge around the house leggings. And then I have my nicer go out leggings. And that is just what I am more comfortable in. And I mean, I, I, I just feel like women, if you're not comfortable in the clothes that you're wearing, don't wear them. Find something that you are comfortable wearing. Um, like there's Lululemon, there's Viore, there's Athleta. Like there are so many athletic wear companies that are now starting to make clothing that look like they're not just athletic wear. Like they're, they're, they are athletic wear, but they're more comfortable. They're made for women who actually have muscles. Um, so could not recommend them enough. Cool. Let's do one more on, on, uh, your side of things and we'll move to some relationship questions. Uh, somebody asked embracing strong, not small and how she got there. And if she ever struggles still, 
I mean, this goes back to high school again, where I was a soccer player and had bigger legs. And, you know, I went to an all girls Catholic high school and we had to wear a uniform every day. And I feel like I spend so much time comparing my legs to everyone else's. And then again, we would go out on the weekends and friends would be in jeans and I was not comfortable. So at some point I just started to realize again, Hey, soccer's my sport. I have bigger legs. And again, my legs are what makes me good at my sport. They make me run. They, they help me kick a ball. Like I just got to a point of like accepting that like my legs are the way they are so that I can perform well on the soccer field. And that meant more to me than trying to look a certain way just because I was going out with friends or having to fit into a pair of jeans that were not comfortable just because all my friends were wearing jeans. Um, And then once, you know, my soccer career ended and I started lifting, I was just like, hey, let's just see where this goes. Um, You know, I trained legs probably five times a week and never did upper body and just got really addicted to like I was addicted to my sport right and then the second that sport was taken from me I started using lifting as like my sport and I still view it very much that way like I am so competitive in the gym um but I just started to accept that hey I'm a little bit bigger and that's totally totally fine I don't have to be a size zero I didn't want to be a size zero um And lifting just became so addicting to me, like was in the gym all the time, loved what I was doing, weights felt awesome that, and then eventually, you know, I didn't start a gain or a bulk until, I don't know, three, four years ago. And that was the first one. And I've been lifting for 10 plus years. And as soon as I started realizing what my body was capable of and how much more muscle I could build being in a surplus, I was like, Ooh, this is fun. Let's keep leaning into this and seeing where this goes. And my my life is just so much happier. Uh, My lifts are so much better and stronger when I'm eating more. And I laugh because I I just did a podcast with Sarah, Sarah Clark. um, And, and we were laughing because I was like, I only cut to see how much muscle I've spent building to only then decide that I want to build more because I just want to see where my body can go. I love the way that I feel when I'm eating more, when I'm lifting heavier, when I'm progressing week to week in the gym, when I know that I am intentionally building muscle optimally, um, that it just becomes, I don't know. I just can't stop now. Now I'm just constantly hungry to continue growing. And then, you know, a lot of women are like, well, how do you not want to feel like you're, you know, your, your smallest self? How do you not want to be lean? And how do you deal with, you know, the, this, the discomfort of gaining and being lean is just boring to me. Like I'm not growing when I'm cutting. I'm not progressing week to week in the gym. I I'm lucky if I progress over a mesocycle. Um, you know, I'm cranky all the time. My, my life is just not the way that it is when I, when I gain it's, it's, it's my happiest life. Yeah. Uh, as someone who lives with you, I second that. I think that there's like a, you, we were talking about this the other day, cause you and I are on the total opposite end of the spectrum. You are, you know, whatever, let's just, the, the proof is in the pudding. You've spent the last uh, I don't know, a couple of years, whatever, three, three years in, in perpetual bulk or cut. And what I mean is that like you'll, you would rather, and you can correct me and restate if I'm wrong, but you would rather spend eight months out of the year really just, I'm gonna say not giving a shit about your nutrition, but like really not tracking. Like, yeah, you focus on protein, you eat pretty nutrient dense food most of the time, but like taking one standard deviation further into loosening the reins a little bit and really enjoying a lot of flexibility and what the net of that ends up being is a small surplus over time, which also aligns with a goal that you have, which is build more muscle. You'd rather spend eight months out of the year doing that. And let's say four months, I, we're going to just 
totally generalized here, but four months out of the year, cutting, which has a big drop off in enjoyment, I think for you, like enjoyment in life, enjoyment in the gym, but the net of those 12 months, eight months spending real flexible, which you're in right now, real flexible, is really enjoying life, like lifts are great, you text me from the gym every day, you're like, I got a crazy pump, I love, I love my lifts, and you'd rather spend eight months out of the year like that, and for, for four months, you'd rather spend four months out of the year, kind of not earning at all, but I just mean like four months out of the year, having it slightly tougher, being a little bit less flexible for the eight months of being really, really flexible. And I'm on the other end of the spectrum where just to me personally, that ratio of eight months of extra flexibility for four months of much reduced flexibility, that ratio, not, I'm not about that life right now. And I think that the deal breaker for both of us is that you are still looking to grow and I'm no longer so concerned with growing, which, and there's no judgment with that. This is like a, I, no judgment at all. It's like fun. Um, and I think that that's just an interesting thing because it, it helps me as a coach recognize that there's no, like there's no standard of what's most happy for people. Like I love my life at maintenance and I, I love so much not, uh, I love so much what my life is like now because I, I absolutely hate cutting. And as much as I do enjoy bulking, it, it comes like bulking comes with, you know, the cut at the end. And so to me that that combination is not worth it. And I'm, I've I've not looked back since I went into maintenance after our after our cut. I've put on ten pounds since the cut. I lost thirty pounds, put ten back on, and have settled into just the happiest place. And I will not gain muscle from here. I've just been training for too long. Like I just I'm if I gain a little bit, fine. But if I can just maintain and do other things, spend time doing other things, I'm super happy. I just I watch you, and I'm and you are more flexible with your nutrition than me. Not that either of us are tracking right now, but you're more flexible. You are. and it's just cool to see you also happy doing that because you you are. I know that you don't love cutting. Nobody loves cutting. But to you, you're like, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to spend these like, you know, 12 to 16 weeks cutting so I can spend eight eight months, you know, not not giving a shit whatsoever, but giving such little a shit that I'm so happy, uh, which is super cool because I think people ask that all the time. They're like, how do you deal with like mentally bulking or cutting? And, and Jordan's not doing that at all. Somebody was like, oh, do you guys sync up? The question that people ask, do you guys sync up with your bulks and cuts? And like, we don't because I don't do that. Um, and so, and you're not even like intentionally bulking. You don't track your calories. You're just like, I'm eating. And if I gain weight in a while, I'll stop when I feel like I don't want to gain more weight and I'll turn it around. And I think that that's, I don't know, it's just a really cool place to be where you're just like not so worried about if the scale goes up, you're okay with it not to go on another soapbox rant, but like you're well aware that the way you're living will likely lead to weight gain. And you're, you've taken a step back and you've said, am I good with that? Am I good with, do I like the way I live so much that I'm okay with gaining a little bit of weight over time and eventually having to cut? And you've said, yes, I'm okay with that. You're not like living in this way, loving it, but then also in denial about what the outcome is. And then really at odds with that. You're like, I love the way I live. It's causing some weight gain over time. Do, and then I sit there with that and I'm like, do I want to change anything about either of those sides of the equation? And you're like, nope, I don't because I love my life at least a little bit of weight gain. The consequence of that is I'll probably have to cut at some point. And it's just, it's cool to see because you don't, you you used to maybe, you used to not to, again, not to rant even more, but you used to, I think, not to call you out, geez, podcast wise, but I think you used to early on, maybe early on in a relationship, you used to like really want to live a certain way but also begrudge, begrudge the consequences of living that way. And they were like, 
Um, you know, I think we, I think, I don't even know if I helped at all with this, by the way. I think it was just your experience over time where you were like living in a way you loved, eating in a super flexible way, but like not happy that that led to weight gain. And a lot of people sit in that place of like, I'm not happy that this is what's happening. Instead of being like, these are the facts. Do I want to change something about that? I think it, it took a while, but not, not a long while, but you got to a point where you're like, yeah, if I live the way I really, really, really am happiest, I'll probably gain a little bit of weight that way. And it's worth spending a couple months in a deficit. Personally for me, it's not, but it's cool to see us both happy, you know, kind of taking two different approaches. For as as long as I can remember, you have always said like maintenance is your happiest life. And for most people, it probably is. Like I don't encourage everybody to, you know, if you're a beginner or you've been training for a long time, like I don't encourage everybody to immediately jump into a surplus and say, hey, spend some time at maintenance, get familiar with, you know, your nutrition and how to put together like a, a nutrient dense meal, high protein meal, get comfortable with eating some fun food some of the time, you know, stick to a consistent training program. And you've always said like maintenance is your happiest life. And it probably, probably probably is for many. For me, you know, again, but my- you're still trying to make gains. This is a caveat here. You're still trying to make gains. And so maintenance is maintenance is my happiest life my happiest lifestyle. But I, if you're trying to make significant gains, let's make, you know, the the longer you've trained and the more muscular you are, the more reason you have to go into a surplus. The same benefits of a surplus are available to everybody. A newbie in a surplus amazingly bit more beneficial than maintenance, but it's no longer practical for you or me to expect meaningful muscle growth. And so because that's still a priority for you, that that, it, that adds another reason for you to be like, okay, this is something I, I just ha- kind of have to do. Yeah, I mean, I wanna optimize muscle growth, right? Like I, I said before, like building muscle, getting stronger is and has always been my goal. Like I am never, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm never satisfied, but every time I get back into a surplus, it's because I intentionally, I want to grow. I want bigger muscles. I want to be stronger. Um, so, you know, for me, in order to optimize that muscle growth and to make meaningful gains, I need to be in a surplus. And again, that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy spending eight plus months out of the year, intentionally growing, intentionally gaining weight, intentionally making progress or, or, or attempting to make progress in the gym and then spending, you know, a couple months cutting. Um, can I make gains at maintenance? Absolutely. But are they at a rate in which I'm happy with? No. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Let's, we're going to pivot some relationship stuff. We'll try and get get this, get through these in the next 22 minutes here. So, um, I'm going to say some, and if you feel like you want to kick it to me first, I'm going to ask you, but if you, you just like, nobody can see, you can point to me and I'll start. Um, first question, how have you guys maintained a healthy relationship and kept love for each other alive? Yeah. You, you want to go? You can go. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's worth starting out by saying we're not perfect. I think a lot of people think that our relationship is perfect and that we're perfect together. And yeah, maybe we are, but, but we are not perfect all the time. Like we do get into arguments and things like that. But what I think is worth noting is that, you know, we are, are two people who both, I mean, we, we both go to therapy. Um, and I think working individually on yourself then makes your relationship significantly better together. Um, and I'm sure you have a lot to say on that. Um, but if I'm just going to, if I'm just going to oh, list shit. a few things like yeah, there, therapy is, is a huge one that stands out to me. You know, there was a period of time where I was just going and then we went together and then you started going on your own. And now we both continue to go individually. And just that has been amazing for the both of us and for us ind- individually. Um, also, like we are people who we're very, very simple. We're homebodies. And I think because we have such a, a, a simple lifestyle, like we 
we have a daily routine that we do every single night, like a nighttime routine. You know, I come home from work, we make dinner together, we sit on the couch, watch TV, you know, an episode of a show while we're eating our dinner. We take the dog out for a walk, we come in, get ready for bed, and then we're back on the couch together. Like just having that routine together, like that's a special time of throughout the day. Like we're both working all day long. And then at the end of the day, just having some time to unwind and, and be with one another. I just, I love our routine. So I think that that's something that we both value at the end of the day. I don't know. Maybe you, you have more on that. No, no, you definitely, the, the therapy was certainly on the top of my list where I'm big on, I'm big on a stupid way to start a sentence, but I, I think it's quite important that for that people continue to work on themselves. And that is like a, we both have committed to going to therapy individually. We went for we went together for a bit, which I thought was super super helpful. Um, and it's super cliche to say like communication, um, you know. But but that's true. I chuckled when I read this question, by the way, because someone's like, "Oh, how do you guys?" You know, super genuine question. Someone's like, "How do you keep love for each other alive?" And I was like, "We only been together for like what six years." Like I just cracked up. The first thought I had was like, "We haven't been together that long." Like. You know, I admire people that have been together for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. You know what I mean? So, like, talk talk to us in another 20 years. Like, right now, like, you could still consider this, like, our honeymoon phase of being together. But definitely, definitely, definitely therapy. I mean, I, I, I think it's the most important thing in the world that every single person should do. Now, it doesn't necessarily always have to be talking to a professional. But that time that's carved out for me, whether it's weekly or biweekly, that I am purposefully introspective. And I just mean, like just talk to somebody about what's going on. Like, and, and I talk to you about those things too, but it's, it's almost helpful that it's not you sometimes because sometimes it's a, it's about you or it's about us. Uh, it's just been so unbelievably invaluable that I will speak so highly of it. And it's not that you need to have, I don't know, whatever, I'll just sit on the soapbox and just say, you don't need to have something wrong with you. It's not about there's something wrong with us. Um, it started out, I think that way, not, not that there's something wrong, but it started off, um, we, we had like a rough patch or, or we were having trouble with communication. And so the impetus to begin therapy, I think what did come from that place. But I think there were multiple times where I was like, wow, I feel like I'm in such a good place. Personally, I feel like we're in such a good place relationship wise. And those were really good times for me to remain in therapy, to explore some things a little bit deeper that have just, whatever, helped me get to know myself a little bit better. Help, help me get to know you a little bit better. Help me get to know you know, it sounds a little woo woo, but just help me help us know, help me start to like learn more about, you know, why I love you so much and why I've like, why we're just, I feel like, uh, whatever, just meant for each other. And so sometimes just talking about that, a lot of people are just, I don't talk about it. Like you shouldn't have to talk about it. Like whatever, like, it's just your opinion. I think that there's like, I think there's a huge benefit to being to having time in your life, whether that's a nightly routine, whether it's a journal, whether it's a morning meditation, wherever, where you sit and you are introspective and you think about your feelings. You feel feelings and you think about those feelings um, and you sit with them and you honor them and all of those cliche things. I cannot be a bigger advocate of it. So that that's definitely a big one. Um, I, I think I think dating, I think the like other cliche of like dating each other like is 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 one that is fine, but we are also homebodies. So it's not like we're like super big date night. I think it's about finding, and this is a small tangent from this, but I think that there's like, I don't know, you and I, we, we share some values. I'm going to answer a different question, I think. And at the end of the day, and, and, and that's just like more what I'm, I guess somebody else asked what we like about each other. And so I'll kind of pivot into that and think that we're so unbelievably different. Maybe you can pick it up just by listening to us on podcast. Maybe you can pick it up by just, you know, knowing us from social media, but 
we are so different. And for the longest time, I always thought that I was going to end up or that I would want to end up with somebody who's very much like me. And I wrestled with that for a long time because you're not like me, like, like, um, like deep down, like, um, you're not, we're very different. Let's just say we're incredibly different in some ways, very similar, but in many ways, incredibly different. And I just had to reconcile with whether or not that was important to me. And, and I, it, whatever, just feel like, uh, I love the parts of you that are not like me because I think they bring out those parts in me. And I think it's such a, not yin and yang, like total opposites, but your best qualities, best qualities, like the ones I admire the most in you are also the ones I know I don't have. And I think that there's a correlation there. That's why I admire you so much because I, they're the things that I like just your compassion and your love and your, I mean, you're such a hard worker and you, you know, you're so unbelievably kind. And I mean, just, I, I was, I have been more robotic and cold in my life. And I just, I'm very appreciative. I don't know, totally answering a different question here, but I just, I want to tell you, I love you. And I'm so so happy that you brought some of that out in me all the way from like being a dad to Callie to like wanting to have kids, which is not something I wanted in my life until we met. Um, and yeah, uh, a last thing I'll say, I'm going to shut the hell up after this. I've been on a mega monologue and answered like nine different questions that nobody asked. Just telling you, I love you. Is that like, I think that what, what really helps us is that yes, we have, we have, there's a difference between having similar interests and similar values. And I think we have similar enough values in that, like, through communication, we've come to a really good place about, like, those things, those real pillars. Um, but it is also really helpful to have similar interests. I'm not, I don't want to discount that. Like, it is important to me that when when you, when we when it is Saturday and we're thinking of stuff we want to do, we want to go out or something, like, that there are really common things that we would want to do. Now, there are some things that I want to do that you don't want to do and vice versa, but it, it does help that, we have a really similar day-to-day life. I know that that sounds superficial, but we really, like, we're homebodies. I want to play with the dog. We want to get a second dog. We want to start a family. I want to have a backyard. Like, we want to travel, but we're not, like, we're not, like, the crazy travel people where we just don't know we're on a house and we want to just travel the world every day and never settle down. And, like, I think we're not like that. We want to travel, but not as much. And so I do think that there's, like, something of, like, my day, our day-to-day life is so happy. I've tried to explain this to like my parents sometimes. Our day-to-day life is so, I really enjoy my day-to-day life with you um, because I think we have an overlap in, in how we would like to live. That's just like really crucial to my quality of life on a day-to-day. Wow, there was so many questions that nobody asked that I answered. Uh, anything you'd like to add? I'm sorry for just stealing the mantle there. Um, I think, you know, something that stands out to me is when you talked about communication you know, even before I met Jordan, my mom always instilled in me that when you find a partner, the most important thing in a healthy relationship is communication. And that was something that I think we struggled with at the beginning. And again, you know, we talked about therapy and why we started kind of going to therapy together, that there were some things that we were struggling with, communication being one of them. And we have both worked so hard towards that communication. I think our communication is awesome. Like we can be completely honest with one another, like, hey, I need five minutes or, you know, just kind of expressing, you know, true thoughts and feelings about things without judgment, Um, just creating like a safe space for one another to share kind of how we're feeling or the thoughts that we're having um, without any judgment. And then, and then having that person, you know, share kind of their, their thoughts or their feelings, again, no judgment, and then coming to a conclusion together and working towards that together. Um, I think is super, super important. And then, you know, you talked about us being different. We are absolutely very, very different, but I don't think 
differences is a bad thing. I think differences is a good thing because, you know, it brought good things out for you. It's also brought good things out for me. And I think those differences also challenge the other person to do some of that introspective work and to kind of, you know, acknowledge those differences and then, you know, look, look deeper in, in, in yourself. Amazing. Thank you. Well said. Uh, what about the hard pivot here? What is your pet peeve that I do or that I about, or that I am without entirely embarrassing me on, on, on the podcast here, whatever you say, whatever. I don't yeah. Know. I'm like, how, how, uh, no, no, yeah. can I put you on the spot or how honest do you want me to be? Uh, I'll, I'll give roll the dice. Go ahead. Um, I think just like little things of just like leaving wrappers out on the counter or <laughs> you laugh go, go, because go, you know go, it's go, true. Go, go. Just leaving like, like he'll oh, peel shit. off like when you're opening like a bag of pretzels or something and you, you peel off the top part, he'll just leave the wrapper on the counter. And I walk by and I'm like, okay, the garbage is right, right there. Like it doesn't take much. Also, like there's been times where I'll go to like put groceries into the pantry or like whatever. And I, I open the pantry and there's like an empty chocolate wrapper. And I'm just like, how hard is it to put the wrapper in the garbage? Um, Jordan also loves to leave like cabinets open and leave the refrigerator open. Like he'll open the refrigerator, go sit down on the couch. I'm like, are you coming uh, back to get something? He's like, no, nah, I'm done. What about me being loud? I think that was the one that you were going to Oh yeah, say. you are the loudest. I like to sleep. I'd be and, a terrible spy. Oh my gosh. Slams doors, bangs into things. And every time you bang into something, there's like a, like a, like like you're just like screaming in pain um yeah you are I I always joke I said you know when we have kids someday and the baby's napping if you wake up the baby because you are loud that is now your responsibility that is your your problem to fix yeah that's gonna be cool I'm gonna be fine with that um do I have a pet peeve of yours um do I have a pet peeve of yours wow Um, wow no it's tricky um I mean I laugh at you for falling asleep in every circumstance that we've ever been in. Like you just literally like, like you're like under hypnosis. Like I could snap my fingers and you could fall asleep. It's not really pet peeve. I don't really care. Uh, quite often what it leads to is like us starting a show and then me, need, me needing to have a show that I'm watching on the side for the six minutes after we start our show and you fall directly asleep. I think that that is not even pet peeve though. I don't really care. Um, I think there's a record. I think we started a show one time and I think within 41 seconds, I told you turn like, it off. You can turn it off. Like 41 seconds. My pet peeve might be you wearing, my pet peeve might be you wearing flip-flops when we go out for a walk with Callie and then bitching that we're going for too long of a walk. Yeah. And I'm and I'm like in like like regular like sneakers or something and like totally available to walk like multiple miles. But you're like, I'm in flip-flops. Every single night you're in flip-flops. I'm like, at what point are you going to put shoes on? It's just but, convenient. You know, <laughs> it's I easy. I, I mean, who wants yeah, to put on a good. pair of socks it's all after good. being barefoot all day? All right, let's pivot. Let's do some of these random light questions here. Um, what is what does a realistic date night look like for you guys? I put the word realistic in there almost because maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Why do I feel like I did that? Um, I just think some people ask this question, answer this question with like more of like a idealistic answer. I don't know why. I think that was my knee jerk when people are like, what's a date night? And and a lot of times like people answer and I'm like, you don't really do that. Like, so what is like actually what, what's something that we like to do? I have an idea, whatever you can go. Um, we go on Google and check to see what time the restaurant opens and we make a reservation for <laughs> that exact time. Nice. So if the restaurant's open at five, we are there at five. We order our food. We ask for the check. We are out the door by 545 so that we can come back home. 
walk Cali, get on the couch and Snuggle. be asleep by yeah. nine. I'd say that we go to, we go to a fair bit of soccer games together. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing that like gets us out of the house to like really to go do something is going to an Austin FC game. It's been like the most fun thing ever. I've whatever. We lived, we grew up in New Jersey. We probably both grew up like what 30 minutes from MetLife. Go see the Jets, go see the Giants. At the time, you know, you could go see like Metro stars or like, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on what the Metro stars became. Um, the Red Bulls. And then in Harrison, they they had built Red Bull Stadium, but we just never went. And we moved to Austin. We were like trying to make friends. We played a bunch of soccer and they all went to the Austin FC game. So I think that that's a big one for us, going to get tacos and then going to Austin FC. That's the biggest one. I think we, we you know, sometimes for us that date night is like bringing Cali somewhere almost, like like going out somewhere we know we can bring Cali. We can go to like a taco truck place and just like sit outside. And that's very Austin also, like very dog friendly. So I think, I think that's mostly, that's mostly, I can't really even think, like last time we went to dinner with friends, but... It's exhausting. You know what? I'm just gonna say it's exhausting having none of the people that I'm addressing listen to the podcast. It's it's exhausting having a bunch of different friends in different groups. You and me don't go out that much. We made a bunch of friends. We have like a bunch of couples we hang out with, and I'm like, guys, we need to all get you guys together so we can hang out with all of you because I can't be I can't split you guys up into like seven different events. I think cracked us up. Me and you both did that last couple weekends. We were like, we saw like three different couples, and I'm like. We got we got everyone. We need to have everyone meet each other so that we can all hang out together and we can hang out once or whatever, twice, whatever. Not nine times. I thought it was just like yeah, funny thing. Like yeah. last weekend, I think we had plans every single day, like multiple plans per day. When do people get their weekend? Exactly, done? exactly. Yeah, we were laughing because we're like, we can only pick like there was like multiple options um, on the table for us of things to do with friends, and I was like, we got to pick two, and like that's two for the entire weekend. Like we have laundry to do, get groceries just clean the house. Like, I'm like, when do people do these things? Like you work Monday through Friday, right? And then your weekends are meant to kind of recharge and and get some chores done. And I'm like, people just socialize all. I I mean, people still get shit done. I just, I'm always laughing. We always just laugh. I'm like, when do you guys like clean the house and like do what people don't, that's most people don't, don't need to work on the weekends, which is like a plus of having a normal job. Some, some people do obviously, but all right. Um, what is your the best purchase you've made under fifty dollars? Candles. I under fifty dollars. Maybe yeah. Not not in one checkout. What are you talking about? Well, like two candles. Yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe even three. Under fifty. Yeah. Under you can 50. say one candle, but when we no, check no, out no, at no. Kirkland's, that shit ain't under fifty bucks. Yes. If you go to Kirkland's, we bought four candles last weekend. I think it cost us no, thirty six dollars. Yeah. Oh, only thirty six. Yep. Oh, we, what we because Kirkland's candles. Also, oh. if you're listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor, find the nearest Kirkland's That's or go bad. online and order yourself Kirkland's candles. They are hands down the best candles. Like my entire, our entire house smells amazing all the time because I burn through candles like every two days. Highly, highly recommend. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't prepare an answer for this one. Best pit purchase under $50. Um, oh, I have another one. Go. Callie's Bark Box. I know, I know. She doesn't really play with her toys. I just insert eye Also, roll. I don't even know what it costs per month, actually. It's, so I, it's like 60 bucks, probably. Okay, whatever. Let's just assume it's yeah, 50. Yeah, we're 50-ish. I probably. mean, I'm more excited about the Bark Box every month. She plays month. with the toy She plays second. with the po- toy for 30 seconds, is no longer interested. However, I put all of the toys, because they're such they're so gently used in a, a big bag, and we're, we bring them to a, a local animal shelter, like hundreds and hundreds of dog toys get donated to an animal shelter. So yeah, they're meant for Callie, but I also know that they're benefiting so many other dogs that don't have the life that Callie has. So it's, that's worth it to me. Yeah. I guess mine would be, 
something coffee related because I've just been obsessed lately with this new espresso machine. So maybe these cups, I'll shout out the Kruve, K-R-U-V-E. Um, they have just amazing double wall, double wall glass uh, espresso and, and like latte and, and cappuccino and all the different kind of drinks. Um, just beautiful, just enhances the experience. And also ordering from ordering my coffee from like a local coffee roaster has just really upgraded the experience. Wow, I sound like a complete another a, a knob. I would say a knob is what I sound like right now. Um, but yeah, those have been mine too, favorite one. They deliver to the house. It's so sweet. Sweetest little lady comes and delivers the coffee, like two bags of coffee. Um, I, they are like right down the street, but yeah. it's very, very nice. Um, okay. Um, why are you guys looking at North Carolina in particular as far as your next destination? I don't even know how we... Two, two big, two big, two big things. What are the like two big things that come to mind? Yeah, mountains, mountains. and the the seasons and like seasons, changes yeah. of seasons no, no same yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of places on the east coast or in the country that we could look that probably would check those two boxes but i think just as far as you know when we do start a family we do want to be closer to our family um and then i don't know there's just you have the mountains you also have the beach if you want the beach um so there's a little bit of of both um being close to like a bigger airport having the changes of the seasons, you know, Texas, Texas was never meant to, or at least we didn't think when we moved here, Texas was never going to be our forever home. And I think Texas has been so, so good to the both of us, um, both individually and as a couple, like when we moved here, you know, we talked a little bit about therapy and just kind of being in a rocky place. We were in a really, really rocky place. And Texas obviously has just been everything that we needed. Um, but it was never meant to be our forever home. We're struggling. I mean, it's hot here eight to nine months out of the year to the point where Callie doesn't want to go outside. We don't want to go outside. You want to be inside with the air conditioning 24 um, seven. I mean that, that last part, the, the extremeness is definitely just for a couple of months, but I, I think whatever I, Texas versus, I mean, we've only lived in two places, New Jersey and Texas. And so yeah. quality of life in here in Texas for us, just talking about not making a generalization has been through the roof. It's sunnier. We're outside more. I mean, it's sunnier by itself has improved my quality of life. Just like it not being rainy and just cloudy all the time. Um, but yeah, I think we, I think we miss the seasons. I miss it being a little chilly. Like I get so excited here when it's like the one month out of the year where it's like even graces the 40 degrees. Um, and yeah, and then being and, and the mountains and I'm not like, we're not like, we're not like, um, huge like need to go on a crazy 14 14 or every weekend or something but the idea of being a couple hours from the Appalachian and like getting to do some real hiking like I, you know I've, I've only felt that way the longer we've been here and the longer I go out to like air quote Texas hikes that are just like trails which again no no shame like it's just like a flat area obviously but yeah, I do I do enjoy those trail enjoy walks them. yeah and Callie's enjoyed them as well sure. but I just think for three months out of the year until it's 70 degrees and yeah. yeah yeah so North Carolina I mean we're gonna go check it out next Monday we we get there um so we'll check it out for like almost two weeks just kind of scope out some neighborhoods get familiar with the area and you know maybe we love it maybe we don't and if we do great we can continue to look kind of for what's next there if we don't love it, we don't really have a plan B at the moment, but I'm sure I think we'll... our plan B is to stay here. I love my life. We, yeah. We're super happy here. It's not like a, it's not like I'm like aggressively like wait, waiting to get out of here. Quality of life super high here. Very happy. Just think that just think our, our next move for starting a family. It might, it might be elsewhere. That's all. Yeah. Um, and so we'll see how it goes. Well, I, you know, we'll keep you guys posted, but um, Jordan secretly 
secret. Well, I guess I'm not secretly hoping. I guess I hope we love it. But I think Colorado is my other place that I'm holding out for. That I think God, this Airbnb, this two week like stint is like more expensive than I thought it was gonna be. So, but I'm excited. I'm happy we're doing it because if it's like a for, if we're hoping it's a forever thing, then I think we have to give it a real go, not just like a weekend there. So two full weeks in an Airbnb, like actually like going food shopping, going out and take, bring Cali and all that stuff. So that'll be a good shot. We'll keep you guys posted. Anything else you want to leave the, the peoples with, Jay Baroons? I still call you JB and I will I still know. call you JB forever and ever and ever. And so I can, JL's creepy and it's my own initial. So I know. I call happening. you Jordan Lips Fitness or yeah. Well, yeah, that's still or, my name. So yeah. yeah but yeah, but, JB. Yeah. yeah, you called me JB one time right after we got married. And I was like, uh, can you still call me that? Yes, definitely. You were, yeah, you were set on this is your nickname yeah. for the rest of forever. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. Um, obviously, we covered kind of a lot of topics. If you have any questions about Africa or you want to talk more about it, just shoot <clears throat> either Jordan and I or I a DM. Um, I, talking about bulking and being in a surplus and just like the the mental aspect of it all is something I could talk about all day, every day. Um, and I talked about this on, again, I'm going to drop Sarah's name here. Sarah Clark has a podcast we just recorded together on Saturday. And I talked a lot about um, just getting to a point where you just stop giving a fuck what other people think and you start doing the th- whatever you want you choose to do, whether that's a surplus, maintenance, a deficit, you do it for yourself and not for anybody else. You stop seeking validation from other people. You do it because you enjoy it. You do it because it aligns with your goals. Like whatever it is, like you just stop giving a fuck about other people and their opinions and how they view you because 90-year-old you, listen, I can go on a tangent here. 90-year-old you, you know, you don't want to look back on your life and be like, wow, I was such an asshole to myself. And you don't want, you know, what would you say to your best friend if you were talking to, or if your best friend was kind of feeling the way that you're feeling about, you know, just the physical aspect of who you are? Like, we are so much more than the person that we are on the outside. There's so much more to us. Um, and, and I think a lot of that starts from within. And again, there doesn't have to be anything necessarily wrong, but like we talked, you know, just doing some of that inner work and looking, you know, internally at yourself, whether that's just kind of journaling or, talking to a friend or getting a therapist. Like, I just think that that's something that is worth investing in. Um, I don't know what, what else Jordan? Um, I think that's it. Again, if you want to talk about gaining and the mental aspect of it all, I'm more than happy to talk about it. I talk a lot about it on Instagram, on my stories, when I, when I post about it, um, that's my bread and butter. I could talk about it all day long and I want so badly for women to spend some time not trying to be their smallest selves because I just know that the grass is greener on this side and building muscle is fucking sexy. So anyway, I won't continue talking about that, but if you ever want to talk about it, I'm happy to talk about it on Instagram. Just shoot me a DM. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's all I have to share for now. Alrighty. Thank you guys for listening. We'll do this again. That's super fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of where optimal meets practical. If you liked the episode, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media or left a five-star review on iTunes. That stuff really helps. If you ever want to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Jordan Lips Fitness. I'm always around to chat. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.